Welcome to Wellbeing and Career World Podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with Andrea and Josephine, founders of AJ Mediation, providers of private mediation, helping separating couples, workplace conflicts, community and elder resolve their issues, and conflict by helping them make their own decisions and address the needs and interests of all involved. Very good morning to you both. How are you getting on? Good morning. Great, thank you. Thanks for having us. So we have to start this conversation because usually the listeners, they're dying to know about the Irish weather and so on. Uh, Where are you right now on planet Earth? Well, I'm in Nace in County Kildare and the sun has just come out once you started talking. So it's cold, but it's absolutely beautiful outside. And what about yourself, Andrea? I'm based in Rathfarnham and like Josephine, sun is splitting the skies here today, which is quite nice. Nice contrast from the freezing cold weather we've had. Mm over the last while. Well, I, I can see the both of them. So generally, they're both wearing their jumpers. So they're saying the sun is shining, <laughs> but it's really cold. I can assure you, it's very, very chilly outside. Uh, so let, let's get this Let's get this rocking. Tell our listeners a little bit about your background. So you can go ahead, Josephine. Start off and tell us who you are and why you got into mediation services. Gosh, that, that's that's a journey and a half. Um, I started out, believe it or not, in the construction industry doing architecture. It was a long time ago and found myself unemployed and got into logistics and started in HR and training and development. And from that, then I kind of got into helping people kind of moving forward with their education and their training and got into life and career coaching and saw a huge need from clients to help them with their relationships within mediation. And that's how I decided to actually get qualified in it and trained in it. And I have to say, it's such a rewarding profession. And it's it's definitely something that I found myself working towards through everything I've experienced through my life. And I, I absolutely love it. It's it's great. Well, what, what do you mean by rewarding? I mean, do you see the progression from when somebody sees you first to, towards the end of the process? Do you see yeah. a change? Yeah, absolutely. Because there can be great healing in mediation, you know, because a lot of the time what happens is people come to mediation and they don't fully understand it. Sometimes, especially with separating couples or where there's conflict with family conflict or anything like that, people for the first time are actually being heard. They're actually getting an opportunity to use their voice. And it's such a, it's such a safe environment. It's very calm. It's very respectful. There's a very, very good process so that everybody has equal amount of time. You know, you see a lot of healing happening. And myself and Andrea, we we like to use kind of restorative mediation, which, you know, heals people, builds back relationships. So it's very rewarding for us to see people walking away with something positive rather than negative and not getting anything from it other than maybe a settlement or an agreement. There's huge learning curves for people in it. And what about yourself, Andrea? Like, what was your background and why did you get involved in mediation yourself? Yeah, so my background originally was um, sales and marketing. I left the workforce to have my two children. I have two girls. And, um, What's her name? Then... Say hello to them. Hello! Oh, <laughs> Leila and Sophia are my daughters. Hello, Leila and Sophia. <laughs> um, so I, I had my two kids and decided to go back and retrain. I've actually got a background in horses as well. So I went back and I retrained as a therapeutic riding coach. So wow. being co- was dealing with lots of different types of people throughout um, the coaching there as well. So a bit of a coaching background too. 
then I, I found myself having difficulties in my marriage. And I personally then ended up going through the whole mediation service and also ended up, you know, in front in the courts as well. So I come right. at it from a very personal point of view as well, which I'm absolutely fine to talk about. There's no problems whatsoever. So but having been through all of that, I just remember kind of being in the situation thinking, my goodness, like, you know, is this really the way to do it to end up in front of the courts? And I just said, well, you know what, I'm going to look into mediation. I want to make a difference here in, in people's lives. And so like, like Josephine literally researched it, found my course that I wanted to do and got qualified. And I am so delighted that I did it. So yeah, absolutely no regrets whatsoever. Oh, brilliant. I mean, it is interesting you said there with regards to, you know, the process of going through the courts and stuff like that. It is yeah. amazing throughout life is that, and this is probably a sidetrack from what we previously discussed, where, you know, you can fall in love with somebody or be with somebody. And then years later, all of a sudden you're you're standing in front of a judge or a court. You're like, how, how did it get here? It's oh, just, you know, <laughs> I always said, said to Josephine um, that I always remember the moment that I thought, how on earth have I ended up like this? Because I remember going to with the solicitor because I had first of all gone through the mediation service, as I said, and then I sat in a solicitor's office and there was a massive, massive file literally put on the desk in front of me. And I I actually really was so upset because I thought that's my life now. That's my marriage mm-hmm. in like in a file form on the table. And that was a real awakening moment for me. So after that, I just thought there has to be a better way to do this. No, well, fair, fair play to you. I mean, it's, it's to come through that and, you know, to experience it. And obviously now you want to help other people, which is which is really a great thing. So what, what is mediation? So you can fight between yourselves. Who wants to answer this one? <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. So what is mediation? Go on, Joe. All right. Okay. So mediation is, it's a, in the UK, I suppose the best way to start is in the UK, before you go to court, you have to go to mediation. And the reason they do that is because of the amount of cases and the time delays that happen before you get to court. Here, we don't have that. So because you don't have it, an awful lot of people don't really understand what mediation is because they don't actually have to look into it. So what mediation does is it allows people to come together to try and resolve their differences before it gets to to litigation and adjudication, which is the court process. And the biggest advantage of that, obviously, there's two. One is cost and the second is time. But the, the third one that people don't see is that it's very restorative and it helps people build back their communication and their relationship, especially in the case of separating couples. You know, as as Andy has said, and, and, you know, it's what she's gone through. You know, she found herself in a place that she didn't want to be and didn't know how she got there and has probably never had a real voice in why she got there. And it's a great way for people to actually communicate with each other, especially where kids are involved and teaching. It it, it actually teaches them to communicate properly so that not everything resolves in an argument and a conflict. And then at least, you know, from a co-parenting point of view, people can actually come together and work together. So mediation allows people to do that together. We facilitate it. And we have a process that we follow, but we do not influence. We do not lend opinions all about the people and the parties, whether it's workplace, separating couples or elder, any any people coming to that, they make the decisions. We just help them to discuss it and come to some kind of an agreement that they can both 
parties can be happy with. And it's it, it, it's it's an amazing process. So what, what type of process are we talking about? So say, for example, to AJ mediation, and I'm saying, look, I'm having a problem at home, uh, myself and the wife are considering separating or divorce. What type of process would I be expecting to see? Um, so I suppose the first thing that happens is we get a phone call and people would tell us that, you know, they're looking for either separating a separating couple or maybe they're looking for a co-parenting um, agreement or because it could be like a single mother and the father of the child are looking to try and come to an agreement on how they co-parent their son or daughter. And at that point, then, you know, we have to have an agreement from both parties that they are coming to the table voluntary. Right. It has to be voluntary. Then what we do is we would look at doing a one on one session with each party to find out their story and let them tell us where they're coming from and what the issues are and what they want to try and resolve, what they want to try and discuss. And then after we do the one on one with each party, then we would look at doing joint sessions. We facilitate then both parties communicating and trying to find common ground, which we call our golden moments. And a lot of those happen through discussion and conversation and talk. And it has to be done in a very calm, respectful way. And there, there are very, very strict boundaries and guidelines within the mediation process to make sure that nobody feels threatened. We would also especially in separating couples, advise them to go and seek legal representatives and to go and talk to their solicitors, especially when we're looking at getting our settlement agreements. It's very important that they go and get legal advice on those agreements to make sure that their interests are being taken into account. Sorry, um, yeah, I was just going to say, um, there's kind of a bit of a misunderstanding as well around um, the voluntary side of people partaking in mediation because that we, we we would often get like a phone call say say from one one side of the the relationship and they'd say can you phone my uh, ex my husband or or my partner to get him to do it and just so your listeners know that we we actually can't do those phone calls at all. When we say voluntary, it means that both parties are, are actually in agreement to, you know, to actually participate in the mediation, which would mean one party calling and then say Josephine or myself being made aware of the other person is going to phone. So we have to wait for that second person to phone the other side of, of the party in order before we can even proceed. And then it would be a case of speaking to them both and, and having separate meetings. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a mis, it's a misunderstanding out there that the mediator can actually call somebody to a mediation because we can't. Is, yeah. is it then, Andre? I mean, say, for example, you mentioned one of the parties don't want to get involved yeah. and that you don't interfere by calling them. How can then one of the parties kind of encourage the other person to involve well, themselves? In- <laughs> <laughs> we know? are always asked this and we just we don't get involved in it at all that's the point where we would step back and we would actually then wait for that phone call so I mean the person who is say in the relationship we're talking about a separating couple in this instance the person who is separating or you know in the relationship with this person will know them the best so for myself and Josephine to get involved in that just would not be a good idea so um yeah we would certainly step back at that point and just have somebody um make their own decisions based around that so there's no bargaining tools it's not like if you phone them definitely up, you not have, dog, or you have the car unfortunately not no <laughs> no, no. 
Which is actually See, great if, for myself and Josephine. Because <laughs> if you do that, that it's not neutral anymore. Do you know what I mean? It, it takes the voluntary aspect out of it. And then people are coming with, with, with a bias or a negativity towards the whole process. And it defeats yeah. the whole purpose of mediation to allow people to come together voluntary. Like when, you, when you're called to, to court uh, through litigation and adjudication, you don't have a choice in that. Mm-hmm. So it's completely out of your hands. So we, we would get people saying, you know, I'm in conflict with a family member. Is there any way you can get them to come and, and talk to us at mediation? I've tried and they won't do it. And it's it's upsetting for us to say, no, we can't because we know we can help. But the whole process is there for a very, very good reason. If it becomes a legal issue then we have to protect the whole process and ourselves as mediators too. You mentioned it with regards to, uh, you know, if it comes a legal issue. So say, for example, I'm participating in mediation for a period of time. Does that count for anything then that if it does eventually go to court? Do the courts look at anything in a positive light with mediation at the beginning? Yeah, of course they would, because I think that because the courts are so busy now, um, you know, they're always busy, but, you know, they would like to see that you have at least made the first step to trying to resolve these these issues yourself. And say in the cases of like separating couples, especially where children are concerned, if you are partic- partaking in mediation, it gives you the opportunity to be able to, you know, get your own agreements, things that are going to suit you. You know your family best, right? You know your children best. So in order for, for it to actually work for you, you're giving that opportunity and you've got control over what is going to happen for your family for the future. If you go end up in front of, of a judge, you don't have that control. And that's the thing that people kind of really, really miss with mediation. They go, oh, it's not working. He's not talking. So therefore I can't be bothered. I'm going to just go directly to the courts. And, you know, but they forget that they're actually losing control of their situation when they do that. Right. Um, and, the, the, you know, the judges and courts, they like to see that you have actually made the first step to trying to resolve this yourself and that you're not wasting people's time, right. in my experience anyway. Can you do mediation on your own? Um, you well, no. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of mediation is where you've got parties coming together to resolve conflict. Um, I think what you're looking at is maybe counselling or some kind of coaching. Yeah. Um, because it does happen that people would go and get coaching for the mediation process and on how to how to do it. And it's something that um, myself and Andrea have talked about that, you know, if we have to be very mindful that when people come to us, we don't have conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. So if we know somebody that's looking for mediation, we can't mediate them because there's a conflict of interest. But what we can do is we can provide a service of coaching through the mediation. So, you know, and that would involve, you know, going through the actual process itself, what to expect. Some people wouldn't be great at dealing with conflict. So, you know, we would teach them how to answer questions and how to maintain composure and how to maintain calmness and look at the triggers that maybe might cause them to react badly within the mediation Sometimes mediation is mandated by the courts as well. Clients would come through the courts where the the judge would say, you two need to go off to mediation and try and settle this because for whatever reason, the judge is looking at, they've decided they'd rather the couple or the businesses would look at mediation because it's too time consuming through the courts because they're so inundated with cases and mm-hmm. all kinds of different things that they're dealing with on a daily basis. So can you can you expand on that as well? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, okay, so with counselling, you, you would hope that 
before somebody was to approach mediation that they would have been to counselling. Counselling, in our opinion, should happen before mediation because you get to the, with mediation, you get to the point where you kind of don't really know where else to go. So then you think it's like the process of trying to resolve all your conflicts. But, you know, with counselling, it's why is that conflict there in the first place? And we don't go into any of that. Um, mediation is for when you're trying to resolve, as we're saying, restorative communication and trying to move forward mediation is about trying to move forward in a positive way so if it's positive parenting you know doing up plans and agreements for moving forward either separately or together whatever the couple chooses to do the same with you know say with counseling my own personal situation is I went to counseling for years before I tried to resolve the the conflict that was going on you know so um, I suppose it just depends. People come to mediation and they do think that it's counselling service and it's actually not. We don't go, we don't delve into people's past or anything like that. So Josephine, is mediation, is a legally binding service or contract? What's the differences? Basically, um, mediation is either legally binding or non-legally binding. And legally binding means is that both parties would have to agree that it's a binding written contract. Some mediation people come together and they will resolve a conflict. They won't want a written agreement or a contract. They agree to go off and work on it, especially kind of community mediation where you're dealing with conflicts with neighbours and family members and things like that. But when it comes to separating couples, you would have what we call a settlement agreement and you would have a parenting agreement. And sometimes they might want, say, their assets and their maintenance, their child maintenance agreement to be legally binding, which means it will be stamped by a judge at the divorce or approved by their solicitors. We would always ask them, we'd send them off with a draft and ask them to go and speak to their solicitors and make sure that took their wants and needs into account and that it was equally balanced for both parties. But some things like a a co-parenting plan, they may not want legally binding as part of the settlement agreement because if the children are quite young as they get older mm-hmm. things change their wants and needs change you know so they like to leave that a bit more flexible and even with regard to introducing new partners and things like yeah, that huge so that's right. huge and these are all the things that people don't think of when they come to separation they don't think of the future they don't think of well you know what's going to happen if a new party comes along are they going to have a say in my child's life when are they going to be introduced to my children do I have a say in it and that can be for the mother or the father so but it's actually down to the parties to decide if it's legally binding or non-legally binding that has nothing to do with the mediators right say for example they've done say 10 sessions with aj mediation how then after that try and avoid going back to square one or the starting point how how can they try to avoid that you know you put the time you put the energy into mediation How can you prevent that from happening or is it preventable? That's a great question, actually, because what happens a lot of the time is, especially when emotions are running very high, people do get frustrated. But like the alternative is, as we would say to to the parties, well, look, okay, so if you don't want to proceed any further, this is the alternative. Do you want to now look at going to a solicitor and going backwards and forwards to a solicitor and then waiting on a court date to get a final agreement legally binding 
So what's the time constraints with that? What's the cost involved in that? Is that something that you want to do, both parties? And, you know, nine times out of 10, people will kind of, it, it kind of sobers them up a little bit and they go, okay, well, look, let's, let's reset and let's try again. But it is, it is very, very much down to the parties. If one party decides that this is not for me, I'm not doing this, there's nothing you, we can do about it. Right. And there's nothing the other party can do about it. It, it, it has to be voluntary. So mm-hmm. cost-wise, yeah. are the session prices available for people to see? Or is it, yeah. is it a package that people generally come on rather than just one session? Well, it, you'd, never, like, you'd never have less than kind of five or six sessions mm. because right. you, have, you have the one-on-one session with each party. So that's two sessions immediately. Right. Then you would have your joint sessions where there's discussion and say a complicated process, which is separating couples, like one session would be around the children you know, and who would be their main carer. And then you would look at, you know, their living arrangements and their education and succession. Um, you're Financial. Guardianship and testamentary guardianship. And then you're looking at the, the assets and the financials. And then you're looking at future. You're looking at communication. How are they going to communicate with each other, even just around the children, never mind the cost of the maintenance costs, because the courts will always put the children first and will always want the children looked after yeah, first. So there's a lot. There's, it, it's it's huge. There's so many things that people don't consider. And it's only when you actually bring them into the mediation process and you start kind of talking about certain things and asking questions so our job is to ask the questions it's their Mm. job then to to decide on what way they want to do it or if they even want to discuss it sometimes people don't want to discuss certain things and as much as we know that the courts sorry as much as we know that the courts are going to go well hold on why isn't this discussed we can't influence that and a huge um a huge thing can also be how transparent people are so it's like to do with both parties so say um if there was maybe a feeling that there wasn't total transparency maybe the proper documentation hasn't been given or they're not there's an unwillingness to kind of come to the table that's going to prolong every single session regardless of mm. whether you one party wants to get it resolved asap mm. if another party the other side of it is being difficult and not being transparent that's going to prolong it because um you know from aj mediation's point of view we want people to be leaving us with their agreement and to be feeling very very good about the experience that they've had and that it's been you know I wouldn't say easy because this is never an easy process right because you're dealing with emotions but it's been dealt with the best of of people's ability and you know the more transparent people are with it the sooner it'll get done simple as that yeah and I suppose from a cost point of view and I I know that's we we haven't actually answered that yet but I suppose from a cost point of view like you know for a couple that are very amicable and there's no complicated issues you know if they're married and you know there's there's already defined guardianship and you know their assets are quite there's no business so yeah, their assets are very straightforward you're probably looking at around four to five thousand euro right but that's between the two of them yeah. that's not each right compared to the cost that would be each going through litigation and adjudication and i mean they still have to go Joe... through the courts but right. if, if they're, they're going to the court with 
an agreement. Which and generally then, which, with the agreement then, how much does a court then usually charge on average, would you say? So say, for example, the, the, the five, five grand from, from AJ mediation side as a rough guesstimate, mm. when they then go to court, what would they be expecting to pay in the court, roughly as well? well well, it would be your solicitor's fee. So when mm. you leave, when when you have come to done your agreement and you've made your decision, what you what you would like it to be, whether it's legally binding or non non legally binding, we would always always recommend that you go to a solicitor first to get them to look over the agreement. Right. So whatever the fees are that are agreed with the solicitor at that point, because then we kind of step back. Then so so fees are, are nothing to do with us once that's right. happened. So, but what I would say from from a personal point of view with regards to having been through mediation and then actually ending up having to go and get everything stamped, you're talking about media. This is private mediation. Remember, there are free mediation services as well, which have massive uh, waiting lists. You're talking like depending on which area you're in. I know yeah. Dublin certainly has about an 18 month waiting list for 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 the family mediation service. Yeah. With private mediation, you're talking about the guts of say four to five thousand right that's administration fees that's everything included You're in right. that yeah okay for, for myself and josephine and yeah. then then you uh versus say if you were facing litigation sort of twenty thousand maybe yeah there's a big difference Up. yeah huge that's each. huge yeah, yeah. That's, each. that's not an that's not a couple's cost that's an individual no. cost because I, I know you andrea can... you you had you had big yeah. costs didn't you yeah and hopefully you can move on with your life then Yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And it's about making sure that, you know, the the, the 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 assets that people have built up in a in a marriage and a relationship, that it stays yeah. with them and with the the rare for the rearing of their children and for their life moving forward and having an individual life outside of the marriage. But that's that that causes a lot of you know problems for couples trying to separate because they can't yeah. afford it. So they end up no. staying together and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So it is well worth when you listening to the two of you. It's it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's well worth doing your research mm, and yeah. educating yourself. You know the standard process that we all believe is that you get a solicitor. No disrespect to any solicitors, but yeah, no, because no, they have their they have a very important role to the play. The brilliant yeah. solicitors are as well, yeah. So just to try and get that, that you know, you you may find another avenue going through AJ mediation to. Uh, to resolve any issues that you might have um, uh, down the road, and it might actually cost you less money. The quality would be good, yeah. Yeah. but the price could be lower, which is good. Definitely, definitely. That's what we all want. <laughs> so, are the first sessions are they awkward for participants? I mean, and one is a little bit hesitant. They're kind of they're there under under stress or under pressure from the other party. So, is it awkward? Do you know what? That's it's it's such a good question because. Oh, stop it! Oh, <laughs> no, it, it really is. I mean, you're so good. Well, Google, Google. <laughs> but, but it really is a good question because you know when when you look at people coming to mediation and think of the things that people are coming to talk to you a complete stranger about, mm-hmm. and they're going to bear their their souls. Really, they're going to tell you very intimate details on their personal life so you really really want to build some kind of rapport and you have to show empathy it's so important to do that and the one-on-one first sessions 
allow the individual, the party that is coming to you, to get to know you and to have a comfort and an ease with you. And because they're completely confidential and anything that's discussed in the first session cannot be discussed in the joint session. So the one-on-one -on -one session is completely confidential. And we reinforce that all the way through, especially when it's very emotional. Um, we, we say to the parties, look, please, you know, take your time. You know, we're here to listen to you. You know, this is your time to tell your story. And it, it takes an awful lot of courage for people to open up to strangers like that. But the upside of that is that if they were having to go in straight into court and tell this complete story, they're doing it in open court. They're not doing it. And not in a nice calm environment. The mediator. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's it is more personal. And then, you know, you don't know who's in the court. You don't know if neighbors are in there for some other reason. And then they're listening to everything that you're going through and has been going on in your home. And, you know, people are quite are very private about these things and they mm -hmm. don't want to share the, their, their so-called dirty laundry, even though I don't like that word. Right. But, you know, it's, it's very difficult for them. But we do try and make it as comfortable and as calm as possible. But the confidentiality is the key thing. And we're we're governed by the Mediators Institution of Ireland and they are our accrediting board and because we're governed by them from the time we take a phone call, it's confidential from the time they ring us, even just from a point of view of making an inquiry. And right. I think that's really important. So if the listeners wanted to find it, what did the, uh, the Mediation Institute of Ireland, do they have a website, do they? They do, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's the MII. Right. OK. So any listeners out there, if you need to get information on that, uh, you can check out the website. We'll put the links on the podcast uh, for that yeah. later on. Say, for example, you're in the... Okay, you're in the mediation session. One of the parties kind of go, no, you're wrong, or no, that, that's inaccurate. I don't believe that. How as mediators can you kind of bring them back together? Is it like, go, go and have a cigarette or a coffee or come back in five minutes? How does that work? Yeah, well, we would always, I mean, in those situations, um, like we would have a, a fair bit of experience anyway with that. And, you know, you just have to remind both parties, you know, to be respectful of each other, to just remind them of the ground rules. So, I mean things very simple things like you know no cursing at each other and just kind of giving each other the space and try to not interrupt one another and I think when you do that yes look emotions are very high in a mediation session like that's it's that's going to happen right people are so hurt so upset they're in the middle of a conflict they they want their voice to be heard so that's actually a natural part of mediation but as mediators, like we would be trained in that, um, you know, where we would be able to, you know, calm the whole situation down, get people to have time out. They can go for, you know, take a glass of water. They can leave the room if they want to. You know, there's no problem whatsoever. You know, we've had situations where people have just left, um, left the room completely. And sometimes people need to do that. And that's OK. You know, we're there to support everybody in the process, you know, so. Um, it does happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about yourself, uh, Joe? Has it happened to you? Yeah. And, you know, th th there's other areas in that as well where you have a lot of hostility. And we as mediators would also have a duty of care to make sure that, you know, the parties are safe. And that's all part of the training, too. So we would have to take into consideration the Child Protection Act, 
you know, if there was coercion, anything like that, where people are being influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that you will you, you get you will get a sense of it with regard to people's body language and how they react and how they communicate and the words they use. Even the even the language that they would use, the English that they would use, if it's their English or they're being told to speak about something by somebody else. Yeah. So you, you, you get a really strong sense of that within it because it's such an enclosed environment and it's so personal. You, you do pick up on vibes even within the mediation process. So what about then during this dreaded word lockdown? Mm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm yes. assuming that you you guys have probably had a lot of uh, people contacting you either families or for a little bit of help how difficult is it during this time for people and do you find yourselves getting busier because of the current situation yeah it's it's yeah i don't think it's even started do you andrea i no. I, I think we're, i think it's it's something that's kind of going to really hit in the next month or two it's bubbling yeah. is it yeah. Well, yeah, it is. And I think that, you know, people are people are getting tired now with the whole lockdown situation. And there's so many different areas of people's lives being affected by it. I mean, if you think about it, realistically, you've got people now living in their homes, right, who are there constantly 24-7, say for the last year. They're starting to, to get all these different um, issues that are happening. So say, for instance, so neighborhood disputes, right? So you might have somebody playing loud, loud music constantly or someone who has a gym in their garden or, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. The dog is constantly barking because it's 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 used to these different noises now. And um, that then becomes, you know, a bone of contention. Excuse the pun, right? No, no. Um, <laughs> but then you'd also have you know um the mom and the dad or the, the two mom whoever's living in the household right everybody's now working from home the kids are being schooled from home there's you know it's it's chaos right in every household at the moment but then you've got a different level of of things that are happening like domestic violence is on the increase as well you know and so we would be getting an awful lot of um you know people asking about mediation like you know what is it how do how do you how do you do it but there's also people who are afraid to make any decisions right now you know and like myself and josephine what we actually do aj mediation offer um a free 15 minute consultation and so if anybody was thinking about mediation or what it is or if they can even avail of it they can actually contact us through our facebook page you know, we will do a free 15 minute consultation to anybody who does need to know if it's for them or not and, and give them the proper information. Because sometimes when you're in these really high stress situations, you don't know where to look. You don't know who to turn to. Your brain is so like fried that you just trying to find information about anything like this is, is really, really difficult. I've been there myself. I know what it's like. You know, the last thing you want to be doing when you're under that amount of stress is going well, like, you know, looking for who can help me with this, you know, it's it's really, really hard. Like, don't underestimate people really, really struggle when they're stressed to find information. And that's we're actually very proud of ourselves that we can offer that that to other people out there, to your listeners. And it's a 15 minutes is done via like your Skype, your Zoom. And then eventually, then hopefully when the this lockdown finishes, will you then move to face to face meetings then, is it? Or face to face mediation? Well, we would actually. Um, so they would contact us through our Facebook or Instagram because we're on both. Um, I would take the details and myself and Josephine will just, you know, have a chat about who who wants to take the call. Um, and we'll schedule all of the calls like every single person who contacts us for mediation will will actually get a phone call from us. 
right. where they can call us. We'll give them our number. We'll have like, we'll speak to them. So nothing is like, you know, messages or anything like that. It's very personal. Myself and Josephine are extremely personal when it comes to people. And, you know, that's that's part of AJ mediation. We want people to feel comfortable with us. And when they're talking to us and building trust, because that's what that's what it's all about at the end of the day, you know. Can I ask, what, what are the biggest issues that people come to AJ mediation for? Is it like just mainly separation, divorce, or could you be talking about stuff that you mentioned earlier on? Because we're all in lockdown, the next door neighbours do me head in because they're, you know, they're playing the dog is barking or they're, they're playing yeah. out music. I mean, yeah. could it be anything? Because obviously, you kind of think about things and go, well, yeah, well, maybe I'm a little bit annoying or maybe the next door neighbour does annoy me. And small things, well, say a year ago, are now big things. They're huge. So they're huge. So, yeah, I mean, massive. give us a bit of goss. I mean, what, what, <laughs> <laughs> what is the most popular thing that somebody or individuals would come? Over to you, Joe, pointing. Over to me. Over to me. Well, you can't give names, again. obviously, because it's confidential. But, I mean, what? Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. No, you can't name. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have to be so careful because, you know, when you, when you deal in these cases and... A lot of cases can be quite similar, even though they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. And people think, I wonder are they talking about me? But, you know, <laughs> oh, no, no, we're no, not. No. <laughs> because, not at all. Um, <laughs> but like, you, you know, I suppose um, some of the biggest cases at the moment, you know, the, separating couples is, is a massive area. I mean, community was always there for mediation. But I think because of the cost and the time factor, separating couples now is becoming a real issue in this country, unfortunately. Um, And because of the financial issues that a lot of people are, you know, strains that they're under because of property and, you know, their assets and things like that. When when they go through the legal route, the the cost is absolutely over the top. Like you're looking at a minimum of what fifteen thousand each, and the rest. Uh, that that's where yeah. people are being amicable with each other, yeah. Um, and that comes off their assets, and they have to pay that. That's 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 massive money for a lot of people nowadays who are struggling with negative equity alone in their homes. Never mind not having a penny then you know, of savings because they're struggling just to pay a mortgage. And that, that's becoming a real issue now. So people are looking for alternative. And the alternative to going down that route is mediation because it's it's a fraction of the, of the cost. Do you think as and well with, with the likes of social media and stuff like that, that this may be an adding factor to why couples are separating? Have we got a little picture in our head of how life should be? I mean, you don't have to answer this as part of a mediation side, because obviously mm. you want to be impartial. Mm. I have spoken to people in the past where they believe that social media or their opinion is that social media, we, we, we see the car, we see the job, we see a bit of money. That's the life I want. That's the dream I want. But reality is very different. I yeah. wish I was yeah. Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. And <laughs> unfortunately, the Hollywood story. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I've tried all the facelifts, just doesn't work. But I mean, <laughs> well, it, is it a case of are these stresses, especially during this lockdown? Because what we are doing, we're watching like more TV, we're on social mm. media more. Mm. I think that's kind of adding to the as a non mediation answer. Yeah, I think it's, it, yeah. Do you know what? I think the problem is at the moment, like I know when I was growing up, like we had downtime from our friends and our family and our school and life in general, because once we went home, that was it. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, people are literally on and they're in other people's lives 24 7. There is no privacy, there's no downtime anymore. And I suppose to answer your question, I personally, myself now, I, I would I would think that it plays a huge part because I think as a society, we've become so obsessed with stuff and, you know, perception yeah. that the, the basic living, the basic time we spend with each other, you know, actually looking at somebody in yeah. the eye and communicating with them has gone it's yeah. like nowadays you know you'll send a quick text message to somebody rather than pick the phone up or drive mm-hmm. over to their house and talk to them and say how are you doing is there anything you need that yeah. just doesn't happen anymore I'll it's kind of like know. it's kind of like when two people are you know in a room but are you actually present yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you could be sitting beside each somebody, like I even know my own my own kids, like you know, mm. you'd be sitting there in the same room. Just because you're in the same room doesn't mean that you're present. One right. of them has their head stuck into a mobile phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I know all parents yeah. across yeah. across and Ireland. So my there's... sons are devils. Yeah. My my three boys are devils for electronics. I think boys sometimes may I'd probably get killed for this, but I think give them a shout out. Let's embarrass them. Who are they? Name and shame. And Adam, Adam, <laughs> Ethan, and Zachary. Oh, so, Any Man United supporters? Anybody like Man Sorry? United? Anybody likes Man oh, United in the house? Yes, my youngest son loves Man United. Well done, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> loves Man United. Very, very. But nice. um, but you know, it's it's sad, really, when you're looking at it, and I think they lose out a lot on personal interactions, and I think that an awful lot of people struggle with conflict now because they have never, they don't practice conflict. Yeah. yeah it's it's such a, a a no-go area now where you know for me conflict is a healthy way to learn not to do something and to mm-hmm. realize boundaries and triggers yes. for other people yeah. so that you can learn from it it yeah. is definitely getting better i think because an awful lot of businesses now are looking at putting in you know conflict resolution and conflict management within that's a great process. idea yeah. yeah they are and it's something that um i i work on in my coaching i would look at a lot of conflict resolution and management and mm-hmm. it's great to see it because it's healthy like yes. you know if you have a healthy attitude to it like mediation you you can you can it's actually quite creative especially when you're getting involved in scrums and things like that within businesses you know you're having the nays and the a's and they're coming looking at both sides of it and coming up with solutions and i think AJ mediation has just has just launched their new brand into the business world <laughs> i think you've just done it my word that's a first yeah i mean we do actually do we do workplace mediation as well that's the thing so there's so many different types of mm. mediation and i suppose the way that 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 we are at the moment it's it's been mostly like obviously separating couples and community and stuff like mm. that but the workplace mediation is a huge side of mm. it as well like massive yeah. especially with covid yeah definitely you know people's contracts are affected and it's the workplace situations and people are they're panicking as well you know because they're suddenly finding themselves at home and maybe they're not able to break away from their laptop and their working hours because they feel they have to justify their work constantly and but like everybody's in the same situation Mm -hmm. employers are trying to to deal with it employees are trying to deal with it and then you've got you know, mediation is really, really um, effective in those situations as well before it gets to the point where someone's going, I'm going to be noticing, I'm going to leave, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So That's a great idea. No, it's yeah. very, very good. Yeah. So what about then, I mean, what, what's your outlook? This is something different to mediation, but we talked about the social media thing before. I have a mm-hmm. big interest in this 
on my on my own side is that do you know when you text somebody right and you're texting yeah. them for an hour right this is obviously a bit of, trying to add a bit of humor into this where you text <laughs> them for an hour they're chatting away big deep conversation and as you mentioned there yourself andrea you go to phone them because you want to be mm. in the room in the moment yeah like, be present yeah like I'll just, I'll just call them this text and like I'm, I'm telling my whole life story and my fingers and my tongues are going a bit numb let's let's get and you phone them up <laughs> yeah. and there's no answer right and you get I'm too busy right but then the conversation then continues <laughs> and you yeah. see that's the trouble with texting <laughs> yeah. that's the trouble with texting you know I mean I I, I teach um transition so it's not just me well. it's you as well Joe is it no Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I teach transition year kids, right? And um, one of the pieces that I, I talk to them about is about people's, how people perceive text messages. So, right. you know, and I always say to them, has it ever happened to you where you've sent a text message and all of a sudden you're in a, an argument or a conflict oh, yeah. with somebody? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's definitely happened to me. And I said, you know why? And they go, yeah, because I sent this message. And I said, no, because sometimes what happens is if someone's having a bad day or something has happened yes. to them in yeah. their private life or their work life, and all of a sudden you send a message, they perceive it in a way that their mood is at that moment. You yeah. may not mean anything by it. So that's why by making a phone call and being cheery and having using your voice and how are you and doing all the usual greetings gives the platform a more positive note than texting and as i say i always put a smiley face at the end of my text so people know (laughs) happy text (laughs) you know communication so sorry go on andrea go ahead i was gonna say i always say um you know that a uh text argument can can be usually stopped with somebody one of the people picking up the phone because it's usually that the tone has been taken out of context and that's always to do with how you're feeling within yourself at the time that's just yeah. a piece of advice for anyone out there. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Stop advice. texting. Make a phone call. Yeah, pick so, up the phone. So everybody who's blocking me, it wasn't my fault. It was just a text. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't mean it. I'll pick up the phone. I That's did. Was it Bart Simpson used to say, "I didn't do it." I didn't do it. That's what I was saying, <laughs> it wasn't anyway. me. It wasn't me. <laughs> so AJ Mediation. So where where can our listeners find you? I mean, are we specifically looking for your mediation services in Ireland generally? mediation um is the, the, it has a process the, the the it's just different countries are governed by different rules and regulations like i know in the uk you have to be accredited over there in order to practice mediation over there because of the way they have set it up through their legal system right um if somebody from a different country was looking for information on what mediation is and what it should be providing absolutely mm-hmm as an impartial mediator going into these situations, you will always have the same format. You will always have the same goal in mind, which is to facilitate and to get the parties communicating. And that should be the goal of all mediators. Yeah, across the board. So where, Andrea, can we find AJ Mediation on social media? Are you doing all the TikToks, the Instagram? Oh, the, no, the no, Facebook no. Brilliant. She's brilliant. <laughs> She's amazing, she is. I'm telling you. I'm useless. 
She's fantastic. So where, where are you on the on the global scale of the HTTPS dot <laughs> backslash whatever? <laughs> so um, we our website is under construction at the moment, and that is www.ajmediation.ie. Okay. Um, you can find us on Facebook under Agree to Mediate, um, and also the same Agree to Mediate on Instagram as well. And all your details are on the Facebook and the Instagram with regards to phone numbers and contact details. Yeah, if somebody wants to contact us, they can message us on either of those platforms. And um, I will definitely, because I'm the person that um, will usually answer that. So I I monitor that all the time. So anyone who does contact us will definitely get a response. Also, we have um, an email as well. It's agreed to mediate at gmail.com. So tell me this before we go. What advice have you for listeners or suggestions? I won't say advice because probably advice is probably more of a legal term. They'll probably mm. put us out to dry with that one. What suggestions <laughs> would you have for our listeners to make the first steps into mediation? You know, what people can expect, what mediation is all about, the differences. Go, Josephine. And then, Andrea, you're standing by. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, I think the first thing to do is to realise that at the end of the day, myself and Andrea, we're, we're very human. And, you know, we want people to feel that they can pick up the phone to us. And we're here to, to give any kind of information we can. And, you know, mediation isn't just about separating couples. You have elder mediation on elderly, especially now in COVID times, where elderly people are looking for control over what happens to them in their latter life. That's actually something that families can come to us about and ask questions about. There is conflict in in the workplace we can mediate where you're unsure on how to tackle a relationship with a supervisor or a manager. But, you know, the WRC, which is the Workplace Relations Commission, um, has a two year waiting list. But the stress of it is too much. You know, give us a call and we're very, very happy to have any kind of conversation around any kind of conflict because it is very stressful for people and it can cause serious problems with mental health and well-being and the stress, as we all know, stress is a massive killer Mm. Um, and it does make people very unwell so pick up the phone dial the number contact us on facebook and instagram and we will we will get back to you that's a promise andrea anything to add i would say that mediation is not something that's scary um yes there's an agreement and it can be legally binding or non-legally binding but what I would say is that take away the seriousness, okay, say the legal jargon out of it, okay? And what it really is, is human beings having conversations. Right. And I think that when we remember that and that we're there to facilitate, a, you know, you two parties having a conversation to get a positive outcome, it's not a big scary thing, mediation. And I would say don't leave it until you just don't know what else to do, till you're at your wit's end. Pick up the phone. As I said, we're offering 15 minute free consultations. Contact us and we, somebody will get back to you ASAP and just get the ball rolling and get the conversation going. You never know where you'll end up. So don't kick the can, kind of. Don't exactly. kick the can. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I have other abbreviations, but they're not suitable, unfortunately. But yeah, don't, don't, this is don't a family kick. show. It's a family show. That's it. Well, on behalf of myself, uh, Wellbeing and Career World, thank you very much to Josephine and Andrea for chatting with today thank from you. AJ Mediation. Josephine and Andrea also want to mention that they can facilitate mediation on Zoom or face to face and don't let restriction prevent people from contacting them. They can facilitate online and are very happy to do whatever suits both parties. Thanks, David. Thank you. Take care.